So good. It's a new year. And we're kicking off a new series called Start Fresh. And it's kind of like, it's, it's a series looking at what can we do to start fresh to have a better 21. More joy. Perhaps you need more joy. Do we need more, more health, more of God, more love, uh, more success? And it got me thinking just as I was studying and preparing for this series, it got me thinking about, you know, what differentiates successful people from other people? And I thought about this, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. So if someone is spiritually thriving, they're seeing God move in their life, they're communing with His Holy Spirit, they're being Spirit-led, what you'll find is that they are consistently doing spiritual disciplines. So they're consistently reading their Bible, consistently praying, they're consistently being part of church, they're tithing, they're consistently doing things that other people do occasionally. And what about someone who is, is thriving, they're doing well, uh, very well physically, they're very healthy, they're, they're consistently practicing healthy disciplines. So they're exercising, their, their diet, their nutrition, they're getting things other people do occasionally. Yeah, do we know about that? Uh, there's, this, there's this running program that you can download, it's called Strava. Has anyone heard of that? And you can run on that, and uh, I downloaded it last year, and someone recently uploaded, like it gives you an end of year, how, how well you ran, how many kilometers you did, and I saw someone on social media uploaded their running effort, it was amazing. This person did really good there in this room, let's give them a clap. I'm not going to name them, but they did a great job. And I said to them, hey, I'm thinking about maybe loading my Strava record up, and she just like replied and laughed at me. And, because you can follow each other and you can see your progress, and my progress wasn't that good. But, you know, they're consistently doing things other people do occasionally. Relationships, finance, health, our walk with God. Small things over a long time equals big change. You know where the ad on TV from? Little things, big things grow. And if we look into the Bible, we see examples there of people like this. We see Jesus as a main example. He never said, I'm too, bu- too busy discipling my disciples. I'm too busy healing people to take time out of my life to pray daily to my heavenly Father. No, he didn't do that. He consistently withdrew from the crowds to pray. That's what the Bible says. He withdrew to pray. The Apostle Paul, the Bible says that he had a habit, a custom of going to the temple to share with non-believers. He consistently was sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Uh, Sean Covey says this, Our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. And I think there's a lot of truth in that in a statement. We become what we repeatedly do. And so I think the time of this message is good for what we're about to do. We're starting a new year, new year, new me, new year's resolutions. And, you know, does anyone do the new year's resolutions here? Has anyone done it in the past? New Year's resolutions, I think they're great. I think that it's good. I think that we should be, you know, hey, I want to do better this year. There's some areas in my life that I think maybe God is speaking to me about. You know, I just feel in myself that I want to, um, you know, just get better at. Well, here's something about New Year's resolutions. Apparently, apparently this, the, the, the research shows that 92% of New Year's resolutions are over, like finished, like not happening anymore by Valentine's Day. February 14th, all the, all the married men, all the, you know, guys, February 14th, Valentine's Day. And uh, I'm not sure if anyone can relate, 
But I reckon in 2020, you know, if, if, our, if our New Year's resolutions didn't die on February 14th, they died around March 22nd or, or April the 3rd or, or May or June or July or whenever it was. But, you know, failing to keep our resolutions, we can feel a little like the Apostle Paul. And he says this, this a great passage of Scripture. We can all relate. Romans 7, 15. He says, I don't really understand myself. Anyone here doesn't really understand themselves. That, that's deep. Like, that, that's, that's so true. For I do what is, for I want to do what is right. Then I do what I hate. You know, I can relate to, to what Paul's saying here. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. And then he says this fantastic statement. He says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the answer. That's where you can find the answer. And if you, you don't know about this new creation living today, I want to give you the opportunity at the end of my preach to know this Jesus who is the one that we say, thank God, the answer to, my, to real life change, the answer to transformation, the answer to new life living, new creation living, is not resolutions, it's Jesus Christ. He's our source, He's our healer, He's our hope, He's our deliverer. He makes all things new. And so you can uh, make that decision at the end of my message, the best decision we'll ever made. So many people in this place have made it. I want to talk about three um, way, reasons maybe why we don't succeed in our resolutions. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first one is we focus on the what, but don't, don't understand the how. We focus on the what, but don't understand the how. What does that mean? It means that we focus on the outcome that we want to achieve but we don't understand or we don't know how we're going to get, but I don't know the steps necessary to get me there. And here's what I've noticed about humanity, about men, about women. Most of our goals in life are similar. They're pretty much similar. Like if I read these out, I'm going to, I reckon everyone will say, yes, I want to have great relationships. I want to be close to God. I want to be a person that makes a difference in the world. Would I say that most of us say yes? I would agree that I would like to have those kind of goals in my life. Similar goals, but results can be vastly different. Let me give you an example. Think about the footy. Does anyone here follow the AFL, the footy? We've got some, we got here today. What? Hawthorne, the Pies, Essendon, anyone else? Richmond, Carlton. We'll pray for the Carlton people. Footscray. Yeah, so, you know, we, we know what I'm talking about. We've got football teams. Now, we got... Is it 18 teams? 18 teams. I looked at Dion. He knows. 18 teams. They all want the same outcome. The outcome of every year is what? We want to win the flag. We want to win the, see, the Bombers fly out to win the premiership flag. Come on. We got it in our, we got it in our theme song. We want to win the premiership flag. But over the course of 22 weeks, 23, 19, 16, I don't know what it is. Over the course of 22 weeks, there's vastly different results for those 18 teams. They all want the same outcome, but they got different results at the end of the year. And why is that? Because goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. You know, the Richmond Football Club has systems in place to win. How do I know that? Because they're winning. 
they're winning. Sorry, Bummer supporters. I'm a Bummer supporter. They don't have the necessary systems in place because they're not winning. The vast, the same goal, but vastly different results over the last five years. Uh, 20 years, 21 years for the Bombers. Vastly different results. See, James Clear says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And maybe you're here today and you're like, hey, we're in church, Bronson, you know, this this is good, but it doesn't sound very spiritual, doesn't sound very biblical. But, you know, if you look at the Bible through the lens of this thought, you, can, you will see that there were men and women in the Bible who were successful or unsuccessful based on the systems they had in place in their lives. Let me give you one example. What about a man called Daniel, a young man called Daniel? If you don't know, he was a young man who was part of the, uh, the exile of uh, Israel to Babylon. He was part of those people. I'm not sure he was, if he was born in Israel or if he was actually born in exile, but he was a young man, followed God. And the Bible says that he was like young men that he was part of. So he was part of like a, let's say he was part of a leadership development course. He was being, he was being trained to one day be a leader in the nation of Babylon. And out of all those people, he was better than everyone else. The Bible says that he was favored by the king. Uh, it says that he, 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 was, he, was, he stood above other men. Uh, talks about how he goes into a den. This is the same Daniel. You know Daniel in the lion's den. We know that same. He goes into a lion's den. He comes out unscathed. How was he able to do this? Why was he different? Why did he have favor? Because he had a system in place for the way that he lived his life. What was his system? His system was this. Three times a day, every day of the week, he stopped and he prayed to God. That was his system. He said, this is the process that I have in place for my life. I'm going to pray three times a day, every day, to stop and pray and spend time with God. That was his system. See, if you want to grow your relationship with God, increase your... You need to have some systems in place to ensure that happens, to become the person that you want to be. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that next week uh, in a little bit further more. But see, we think it's about changing results when it's about changing the systems. If I change the system, the result will look after itself. So here's, here's a result that we might have for this year. A result we might have at the end of the year is I want to be a more godly person. I think that's a great thing to want to do. I want to be more godly this year. So the system is read my Bible daily, pray daily, attend church regularly. What's, what's regularly? It's more than two times a month. Attend church regularly, tithe, do these types of things. If I do this system, the end result at the end of the year is I will be more godly. What about if I want to be healthier this year? That's the result I want. At the end of this year, I want to be healthier. Well, the system that you need to put in place is that, one, I need to go get a health checkup from a doctor. I need to maybe speak to an exercise plan. I need to modify my food intake. I need to get more sleep. If I put that system in place, and a system is something you do consistently, regularly, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, it's a system. If you do that, then you will see that the result that you want at the end of the year works. Why is it that McDonald's, and we're not going to talk about the health aspects of their food, the nutritional value, but why is it that McDonald's is so successful? It's because they have systems for everything. Systems in place. Systems. Okay, number two, we don't see progress fast enough. 
Has anyone, can anyone relate to that? I don't see the result fast enough. It's like, you know what? I walked on the treadmill for two hours this week and I still put on a kilo. Like this, this doesn't work. I'm giving up. Or we say something like this. I, I read my Bible plan for four days straight this week. And yet on the, on the way to church here this morning, I can't talk to anyone because I've lost my, at my kids who I was screaming at my partner. And it's like, this doesn't work. We don't see progress fast enough and we think it's not working. And that can cause us to make this common mistake that I've made so many times that you've probably made as well. It is this, we wrongly conclude that small, good decisions don't matter that much. Small, good decisions don't matter that much. And then we, then we flip it. We, we do the vice versa and we think that we wrongly conclude that small bad decisions don't matter that much either. So we, we do something like this. I, 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 I go out with the boys three nights a week. You know, the, the wife's, she doesn't like it that much, but I go out with the boys. We have a good time. She hasn't left me. So it's, it doesn't matter. I'll just keep doing it. Or we say something like this. I skip church for one weekend. My life hasn't fallen apart. Things are still going okay. So I don't think it matters. I don't think it's all that important. Or I eat, you know, two packets of kettle chili chips, fresh from the packet, pickles, marshmallows. This is all in one sitting, guys. We, you know, I haven't done this, but, you know. We, we, we do this, and it's like, you know what? No one could tell. I can still suck my gut in. No one really knows what's going on. It doesn't matter, you know. It's all good. But what we don't realize is that our life is the sum total of all the small decisions you make. All the small decisions line up over time, build up to cause you to be where you are today. It's very rare, very rare that you wreck your life in one moment. You make one bad decision, your whole life is destroyed. It's very, very rare. Instead, it's all the small decisions, a compromise here. Cut the corner there, um, you know, fudge a little bit there, lie there, bend the rules, step over the line there. And then you say, wow, like how did I get here? Like, why is my life so screwed up? It's because of all those small bad decisions that you made followed by each other. How about crushing life? They're where you want to be. They didn't get there all at once. They had to make small, good decisions. You know, they, they sought God. They pray, perseverance, hard work. Let me tell you today, hard work. It takes hard work. They, the grind, sacrifices, dis, disciplines, fasting, faith, fasting, faith, fasting, fasting, <laughs> fasting, faith, doing all these things that got them to where they are. Let me give you a practical example today. Uh, you get some water, you put it on the stove, you turn the gas on, and I, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the water comes out of your hot water at, at, at 45 degrees or something, and, and it's hot water, you, you, you increase the gas, and then the water gets hotter and hotter, and now it's 60, now it's 70, 80 degrees. It's, you know, it's pretty hot, but it's still just hot water. Eventually, it gets to 99 degrees, it's... it's like it's really hot, but it's still just hot water. Then what happens once it gets to 100 degrees? Starts to boil. The water starts to boil. But it didn't have to get there over a period of time. And, you know, overnight success doesn't occur. It's small increases along the way. See, it's the things that no one sees that brings results everyone wants. Everyone wants 
the, the greatness of life, but no one wants to do the unseen things. Can I just make a comment here on social media? You know, put away the social media. It's, it, like, it's great that I'm seeing the amazing photos of your life, but can I say something? It's what you're doing in the times that you're not posting those photos that is making the real difference in your life. It's making the most difference in your life. It's not what you're posting that brings result. It's what you're doing when no one's looking that does. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a what? A harvest. We will reap a what? Harvest if we do not give up. See, don't become weary in honoring and obeying God. Don't become weary in doing that. Don't become weary, spouse. Don't become weary in ex- exercising. Don't become weary in being good stewards of money. Don't become weary in being a good parent to your children. Don't become weary in serving others. The Bible says in due season, you will reap a harvest if you what? If you don't give up. If you don't give up. Number three. Uh, and lastly, our distorted image sabotages our success. And this is where our enemy, the devil, he operates so well, so successfully. He tries to get us to connect our failures with our identity. And let me say it again. He tries to get us to connect an event in our life, a failure in our life, with the identity of who we are as a person, our identity. You failed so you're a failure. You did bad, so you're a bad person. These are the types of things that our enemy says. And many characters in the Bible battle with identity issues. Moses, uh, so I could never be a great leader. Gideon, he's like, weakest in my family. My family is the weakest clan in the weakest tribe of Israel. Paul, he talks about how he feels like he's the least worthy to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And maybe today we can relate to that, some of us here. Maybe we, we can relate to our identity. And so, you know, we might think something like, I've got an addictive personality, so I'm just going to keep drinking to get drunk. Or we might think to ourselves, I've never been good with handling money, so I'm just going to keep overspending on my credit card and just going into debt. An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. Unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy identity. See, it creates a feedback loop. See, if I say, you know what, I am not a godly man. Therefore, because I am not a godly man, I live my life in a way that is not godly. And now because I'm living my life in a way that is not godly, I cannot be a godly person. Do you see what happens? It creates a feedback loop. Creates a feedback loop, just keeps uh, going around and around on itself. If the keys could come, that'd be great. This year, I want us to start fresh with one simple thought. And if you're taking notes, please write this down. Get your phones out. Write this down. Put aside your do goals and start with who goals. So put aside your to-do list and create a who am I? going to be this year see let's look at what do we want to become this year before we look at what do we want to do this year who is it that when people describe you they describe you as who do you want to become who do you want to become true man of God or or, you know I want to be clean this year be sober or I want to be financially free or a financially generous person 
or who do I want to be? A bold witness for Jesus, a healthy person, a, a great mom, dad. Who do I want to be? Identity shapes actions. Identity shapes actions. When you know who you are, you know what to do. You know, my identity shapes the things that I do or don't do. I remember growing up as a kid and, and, and you know, we'd, we'd want to do things or we'd want to, you know, be part of things and ask dad, hey, can we be part of this? Or, or we might say a statement or we might think a certain thing and verbalize it out loud. And I remember my dad would say, hey, we don't talk like that. Or, or we don't be part of those types of things or, or we don't have those types of attitudes or thoughts or we don't make those kind of confessions because that's not who we are. That's not who we are. You know, we're Blackmores. As Blackmores, we, we do this, we do that. And today, I want to say, who are we today? We're Christians. That's our identity. Our identity is not found in our nationality, our, our financial position, where we live, our income, how good looking we are, or any of those things. Our identity is fixed. Bible says that when we received Jesus, He gave us a new identity. We became new creations. So we find our identity in Jesus. When we know our identity, we know what to do. You know, my, I, I'm, I'm a husband. That's my identity. Well, as a husband, that means that I know that I don't go out finding other girls to hook up with. That's my identity. I'm a husband. I've made a decision. Commit my life to one woman. So now I know what to do. And now I know what not to do. Like you're staring at me like, so obvious, bro. Like, so obvious. It's really obvious, Bronson. But it's so powerful. Identity shapes action. Young people, what's your identity? What identity are you identifying with? You know, you're looking at the world. You're looking at celebrities. I want to identify with that. Well, that's going to determine the actions of your life. That's going to mean you're going to hook up with people left, right, and center. That means when your marriage gets too tough, you're just going to bail out. And I'm not saying anything about anyone who's done that, but I'm just saying, if you know, I'm going to be superficial. I'm going to do one who's living for Jesus. Is your identity maybe someone in this room, a, a man, a, a woman that you can look up to? Is your identity in Jesus Christ, uh, someone from the Bible that you can say, hey, this is my identity, now who I am, now I know the actions that I need to do in my life. When you know who you are, you know what to do, the do flows out of the who. So who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Let me give an example. You, you know, let's just say you're a person who smokes cigarettes and you're trying to stop smoking. And so someone comes up to you and they offers you a ciggy. You know, they come up and say, hey man, you want that maybe there's someone who knows that, you, that, you, that you've smoked and they come and they offer you a cigarette. And so how do you respond? Now, de depending on your identity, you could got two ways to respond. If your identity is I'm a smoker trying to quit, you'll be like, nah, I'm trying to quit smoking. Thanks, but I'm trying to quit because I'm a, I'm a smoker trying to quit. But if you now say, my identity is, that was my past, that's not, no thank you, I don't do that anymore. Like it's a little bit different, like it's a subtle difference. No, I don't smoke anymore. I'm not trying to quit. I have made a decision that's in my past. I don't smoke anymore. And you might be thinking today, maybe there's an area of your life where you need to change your identity so it changes your actions and you're thinking it's too hard, I can't do it I'm, I'm too trapped I'm caught too far down the rabbit hole of whatever it might be, you know I'm a sinner who can't change well, 
This is why I love the Bible. It's got an answer to every one of our excuses. It's got an answer to every one of the trials that we go through. It's got an answer for every season that we might be in. The Bible says this, Romans 6, 6, we know that our old sinful selves were what? Crucified with Christ so that what? Sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set what? Free. We were set free from the power of sin. Now you are to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Today, if you find yourself in a place where you're like, well, I just, I don't know if I can change. I don't know if, if, if my actions can, the outcomes can be different. Change your identity. Change your identity. I am a child of God who has been set free from sin, who now lives in righteous living. Here's some good news. A healthy identity creates positive habits. And positive habits reinforce a healthy identity. So a healthy identity. I'm a loving father. So I practice, and this is something I need to practice. I practice being a loving dad. And now because I'm a loving dad, that, that becomes the, the habit of my life. It's not rocket science. It's pretty simple. But you do it, and then because you're doing it, you identify as it. What do you, who do you want to become in 2021? Who do you want to be in two years from now? In 2025, who do you want to be in 10 years from now? Don't start with the, with the result where you want to be. Start with the system. Start with identifying who you are. See, for every Christian here today, more than being a good dad, being healthy, financially secure, being a good wife, husband, good child, whatever it might be, more than any of those things, the greatest thing that we want to do is we want to become more like Jesus. More like Jesus. That's who we identify with. I identify with Christ. Christ alone. Full of God's love. Full of the mercy of God. Full of truth. Full of grace. Being Spirit-led. Forgiveness. That's who I want to become like. Jesus Christ. To become like Him. When you know who you are, no single action changes your identity. But multiple, over, multiple actions over time can. Let's pray. God, we thank you today. Jesus, we start fresh in this year.